0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome into episode nine, kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me is TF Joker. Joker, what's the crack?
1: Crack is uh, crack is ninety because we're starting at a bit, a bit a little bit later time. You know, um, I've had a little bit more to drink than. <laughs> <laughs> what we would regularly have, so Joker is a little bit more merry. So <laughs> there we go.
0: Would you say that you uh, are a little bit more talkative? Uh,
1: I don't know, but you'll probably just see me dancing a little bit more, just to random music in my head. I don't know.
0: <laughs> a jovial Joker is a happy Joker, so that is fantastic, yeah, maybe, outstanding, maybe, man. Maybe so. Gotcha, uh, man. It's hot today.
1: Ooh, humid. Yeah. We were talking about it earlier, on, it's like 79% humidity where I am, and it's like 50-something with like 20-something degrees, like, oh, no, it's just, at least it's not Monday for me, where it's supposed to be 30 degrees and then like 80% humidity, (laughs) or some nonsense. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, like for me it's it's like 85, 88 Fahrenheit and like basically like 75% humidity. So it's hot and it's gross. So
2: mm.
0: Yeah, it's just one of those days where you, if you're lucky enough to have some AC or you put a couple fans or you get a breeze or something just take it where you can get it. <sighs> See,
1: that's the problem. Our our country is a cold country. So our houses are built to retain heat. So if that heat gets in here, it's staying here for a long time. We don't have AC. Mm. The fans push around hot air. So you've gotta find yourself a nice little bucket of ice, slap it with the, the fan and point it to wherever you need it to be, or sit with bags of ice under you, because, yeah, it's just it's gonna get warm, gonna get nasty.
0: Yeah, I feel you. Where I'm at in the states, it gets. We can get up to 100 Fahrenheit, and we can get to zero Fahrenheit when it gets into the winter. So, we can we can get certainly get cold, and we can get ridiculously hot. So it's uh, oh, you know, you got to make do. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> I'm definitely definitely hearing the sound of both of those temperatures. Keep them far far away from me. Thank you.
0: But. That's, uh, it's hot for us today, but hopefully where you are, it's not as bad, so we hope you're staying cool, and you're staying vibing with us, and uh, yeah, appreciate it so much for you coming along on this journey. As a reminder, you can find us in video form at youtube.com slash and in audio form wherever you get your podcasts from. On this week's episode, we look at Heath Lee, Swerve Strickland, win the AEW Tag Team Championship, and we are going to take a look at Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view and tell us, tell you our predictions. But coming up first, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland win the AEW Tag Team Championship. So we, funny enough, we spoke a little bit about this on last week's episode, about the whole tag team situation and the state of it and how we wanted to see, essentially. A lot more tag teams get a bit of a showcase and and kind of spread the love around and I guess for see it be more competitive for more tag teams and with the setup being that the champions themselves, the Young Bucks, ended up challenging the number two and the number three ranked teams of Team Taz and, and Swerve in our glory and the outcome of that match was a little bit surprising as we saw Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland win the match, and have their first reign as AEW Tag Team Championships when the story potentially seemed to be the Young Bucks versus FTR in sort of a winner-take-all. So as, once again, Keith Lee and Sora Strickland, congratulations on your win for the AEW Tag Team Champions. Uh, I'll start off here. Joker, what was your uh, thoughts when you saw the results of the matchup?
1: Confusion, legitimately confusion. Um, I don't mind being wrong. Uh, whenever it it, it holds, uh, the fact that uh, we have six amazing athletes in this in this match. Um, you know, I could I could uh, talk all day about how much I love Keith Lee and Parhouse Hobbs. Like, they offer the athletic big man that I love. You know, they 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 do. The big spots they do the strong spots they do just they they have some technical ability as well like you're not going to be getting like your your Daniel Bryan or your Claudio Cast sorry Brian Danielson uh or your Claudio Castagnoli or you know um uh, anything out of them at this point in time you give them time they they probably put on an absolute banger but anyway those are my two like favorite big men along with Wardlow uh rounding out my 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 favorite trio right now and i just really want singles runs for them and the fact that you have uh you know ricky starks in there who's just just another level of talent is really good um and you know not to mention swerve who has come in and because i've seen the other three more than swerve i would put him as the lowest of those four right Um, so it's one of those things that these two tag teams have four really good singles competitors, and I wanted their feud to eventually lead to breakups and betrayals and some really cool stuff going on there between them. And I think that's what we were trying to get at last week, right? We were trying to get at the fact that this is going to lead to some betrayals, this is going to lead to some cool stuff. Um, and uh, we had the champions come out and, and, and challenge them, like you said. And then lose the straps. And my face was just kind of like this whenever, because I was laying in bed, and I, I did have a you know, ruined for me. I was like, laying in bed, just looking at the Twitter, completely forgetting that it was a, a Thursday morning and I shouldn't be looking at Twitter a Thursday morning because it's going to get spoiled for me. You know, so I was just like, and new. And I was just like, huh? I legitimately thought I hadn't woken up yet. um. So I looked at it and was like, oh, get up and turn the computer on and uh, go and, and get AEW up, get the Dynamite taping up, get straight to the, the, the tag team match. And it was just like, why? You even seen the swerve in the middle of the match, holding the belt with Keith
2: Lee, buckled over, just going to hit him. And then he puts the belt down. He's like, you know, you kind of owe me. I'm like, just... just... why? I don't know. It, it's... an awful lot of words
1: to just say, confused, PT. That's
0: a fair point, because the storytelling really started off with the interim AEW battle royale to face John Moxley, and that's sort of where the dissension started, with Swerve eliminating Keith, so you have some yep. distrust there. And then you had the Royal Rampage where they were in separate rings and they kind of acknowledged each other, but then we saw they were kind of getting beat down. So you saw it kind of come back around in little digital segments, kind of having them being interviewed. And then during their entrance, you saw a little bit of these seeds planted, come full circle as well to the actual matchup. It's and that point in question. He's got the loaded gun kind of like looking at him and then he drops it. So, 100%, yeah, 100% sowing the seeds of dissension and betrayal, but boom, out of nowhere again. So, needless to say, again, congratulations to the new champs, but I think confused would be sort of apropos because, again, we we thought everything was leading to the bucks and fdr but surprise surprise a little swerve little for swerve strickland and new new champs so i'm kind of wondering again was maybe this in the plans or kind of thing so it's i guess the swerve for sake of a swerve or i'm not sure so
1: yeah, like, Swerve being in here is, is, is you know, it's kind of apt that he is in here, and this entire thing has been a bit of a Swerve. Like, they're playing the the trail angle and, and stuff like that there. But there there are, there are good points and bad points to this. Um, because Keith Lee is a champion, yet again. Love nice. seeing gold on that man. Uh, swerve Strickland is a champion. Deserves it. Like, Absolutely amazing athlete and absolutely amazing talent. Um the fact that he is telling this story with Keith Lee that is, you know, it's still going, like it's a story within a story. It's it's really good and it's telling with the fact that it, it's popping me, it's getting me, you know, it, it's 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 not like a, a really, really big story right now, but eventually I'm gonna pop for whoever betrays the other. I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna be uh losing my mind because I, I'm gonna be invested a little bit heavily a little bit more heavily in the uh in the outcome of
2: this. Um and it's just kind of leading to the fact that um the uh sorry. The uh the fact of the matter is that
1: uh one of the uh young bucks was pinned. I can't remember who it was pinned. Wasn't it was was it Matt or Nick?
0: No. So the end of the match was Swerve hit the double stomp on Ricky Starks. So
1: oh, it was Ricky that got pinned. Yeah, okay. Right, got, then Ricky I got, got completely confused. Stomp. Um, so I was just like completely confused. Uh, that's that, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, was it? Never mind. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was like going to lead to the fact that well, one team didn't get the uh didn't get the say in them. So that's going to lead to another couple of
2: matches, obviously. Um, but I don't think it's done with Team tasks, And I honestly think that the fact that Nick and Matt didn't take the pin here leads
1: the leads this down a, a very dangerous road. Um, that we, we'll, you know, we can come to in a little bit because I want to hear. And I want to hear what you think about what the the pros and cons of them having this This, this title is uh, this title run so early is because there's a lot of stuff that could go on with these two as tag team champions, but it's whether or not that's going to get there.
0: We've spoken about the propensity for title changes before, where we were looking at the world championship just does not. Change hands often. We've got four, I think it was five, five different people have had a run now, and it's you know they've put some mileage on there and they've had some defenses. The tag team champions previously before have now they've had a good amount of run up until just uh, recently with a quick change. The TNT has been kind of baying hot potatoes. So where I'm getting at is. The tag team championship hasn't traditionally been, at least in AEW, one that's changed hands rather frequently, say for the TNT. So I guess the I am 100% on board for putting some championship gold on Keith Lee. Obviously, he's a very unique and sort of one-of-a-kind wrestler. Those You don't get a ton of those big men who are obviously powerful, but agile can do some things the basically the closing moments of the match saw heath lee do a uh tope con hero over the top rope onto like four guys so again you don't you don't get guys north of 300 pounds that can do a tope you know so it's crazy and then obviously swerve again agile guy got charisma can do some promos like can work in the ring you know so i am all in favor of of having gold on these two gentlemen. So I do like it. I think it's definitely going to see them be a positive overall. Uh, there's a ton of factors that come into play as well that come from outside wrestling, um, obviously uh, as well for seeing uh, these two gentlemen having championship gold as well. So I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a solid matchup. I, I want to see them have some defenses and, and, uh not have it for short term, to your right. uh, and then to your other yeah. point about potentially seeing them with uh, a natural storyline of maybe breaking up and or fighting amongst themselves. I could see that happening as well.
1: Yeah. So, like, I do have one major con that I wanted, and you kind of you kind of led me to there where you were saying you want to see them to have title defenses, and you yeah. want to see them, you know, have that sort of uh, extended run the major con that i have is they have to lose these titles and it's not a case of if but when and it will also come at a point when well should we least expect it should we expect it to happen uh is it going to come with the fact that swerve or keith is going to turn on the other is it going to affect a match is it gonna you know these things are now hanging over these two individuals whether or not you want to admit it or not like it's just it's just fact of the matter is this story is going on it was played off in the match it has been built up it's subtle it's there and it's going to go somewhere and now it is unconditionally linked to them holding on to these titles and i have no problems with saying that uh if uh they do manage to hold on to them past. All out is in September.
2: Early then September, yes. I will yes. be
1: happy, right? The fact here is, I see, and that was a spoiler for later on. I don't don't really care. I see FTR versus sort of an Our Glory at All Out for these tag titles. If that's not on that pay per view, I will be very surprised because they, the FTR, are the number one contenders for the AEW World titles at the minute. Swerve and our glory hold them. They are going to get involved with FTR after they defeat the Briscos at uh, Death for Dishonor. Like I said, we'll come to that. Um, and then you're going to have them want to take those titles so that they can do the whole, you know, we got all the gold shtick and, and nonsense. That's what they want. Now, will that happen here or, you know, will Swerve and Keith be like, well, title for title? You know, if if, uh, if you want to try and take our AEW titles, we want to take your Ring of Honor titles, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's one of those things that I can see the story being built all out with FTR, which is nice. Maybe it'll take time away from Team Taz, but I still want them to be the little uh, shenanigan makers that they can be because they're great. Martin, Nick Jackson, the Bucks. I, I, am I'm, I'm surprised that they have been um, transitional champions in this regard, because that that is the big takeaway from this, isn't it? Like they have been transitional champions.
0: That's an excellent point. So that was something that was in my mind as I was kind of sharing my earlier point regarding that. We had the previous title run of Jurassic Express, and they've had some Mm. strong defenses and things of that nature. So we ended up building, which was originally supposed to be a three-way match, a ladder match, Jurassic Express, Young Bucks, and the Hardys. Unfortunately, uh, Jeff is away from the business right now, so they were removed from that matchup. Where I'm going with this is I'm wondering if originally, if all things in a perfect world and and Tony Khan's perfect booking, that it was not the Bucks taking the championship. So my thoughts were, obviously we were getting, I wouldn't say long in the tooth, but we were winding down on Jurassic Express. I'm... My concern with your piece about the Young Bucks being a transitional champion makes me believe that they potentially were not the ones maybe to have either won that match or been the next champions. But you can never fault with having even the Bucks just even for a little bit. Maybe it was a month's time, if I'm not mistaken, was the the length of their second run, be that as it may. So I'm wondering if the change-up that now have put the championships on the bucks had changed things around because now, okay, now we have it on Our glory. So i had heard rumblings uh, around that they wanted to kind of elevate and put some, some other teams in there. So that's what made me believe that, all right, maybe this was a response to that. Maybe it was hot shotted to Our glory because of a potential situation like that.
1: Well, to add on to tackle onto that, then we can kind of surmise, we can kind of pinpoint, we can kind of plot, we can use yeah. our brains and go, this is what maybe should have been. Yeah. And I do agree that maybe that is the the case that the Hardys should have been perfect world champions, where uh, where they beat both the uh, the Bucks and the Jurassic Express uh, in that match, which takes them to all out against FTR. Because in that perfect world, they do not drop the belt or insert themselves into this current situation with uh, Team Taz and Swerve our glory. So if that is the case, then that would be, what, about three months, four months as tag team champions for the Hardys, you know, give or take. Um, at which point they probably could have had a couple of matches with... Uh, you know, box with Swerve and our glory with Team Taz because you know that their fight could have been to see who takes on the Hardys, um, and then the eventual uh, dream match because everything's a dream match if you're playing against the Hardy Boys um, with FTR, Seven Star FTR, you know, wanting the belts, uh, top babyface uh, tag team in the business right now. And, you know, two of the absolute best, uh, the, two of the best absolute tag team uh, wrestlers you ever did see. Like, I, I, can't, I can't laud over those guys enough, but it's not for them. Uh, and they would probably win. You know what I mean? Like, I think FTR probably would have beaten the Hardy Boys. And that is why, in my brain, I can see the breakdown of Serving sort of Our Glory at All Out but that is because i'm still stuck on the original plan that's maybe not the not the plan anymore you know what i mean like it's right. it's going to be one of those things that could be but might not be it makes sense to be but people would probably see that coming and they're going to swerve us aren't they?
0: I'm in agreement with you, and again, we spoke about it in a couple of different episodes, that the matchup is for now the number one ranked FDR to face the AEW Tag Team Champions at All Out. Obviously a huge show for them. It makes sense now. It's looking like it, or the booking, and it still feels like it should be FDR against now, sort of in our glory. So I'm wondering how that sort of plays out. Do we get a slightly shorter run for swerve and our glory? Obviously with the whole storytelling and sort of how their relationship is now, does that potentially play into it? Does FTR win? And then we finally get the payoff of, all right, now they're holding the four belts and then uh, down the line, we subsequently peel off their championships type of thing. So I'm wondering if, that's now still the plan. I think it, I don't yeah. say necessarily it throws a wrench in it, but I feel like that is the matchup. And it's going to be interesting to see now with different folks there how does that matchup or that booking change?
1: Yeah, I, like I, I, I permanently have my armchair booker hat on whenever I, I consider some of my favorite wrestlers. Um and you know people I would want my favorite wrestlers to fight against. You know what kind of matches, what kind of stories I want them to be in. And you know Hammond Keith Lee and Swerve, uh Swerve Strickland, say everybody's full name, go against FTR would be really awesome. Like that is going to be such a good match. Um, and I feel like you were right in the sense that uh, you know this wasn't the original plan because in the world of the bucks they would have put more uh, emphasis on being the first ever two-time tag team champions like they would have put way more emphasis on it And i feel like in my mind that uh, honor was reserved for ftr because they were going after set they were going after the seven star with all the belts uh you know getting all the gold that they can possibly get outside of wwe because this don't forget this would put them on four of the seven belts again and they would be the first ever two-time aew tag team champion that is where my head is at with that so that is why i'm like this story makes sense to me with like all these really cool interactions and
2: uh it's
1: probably going to be down the line that they will get the the very first third, you know, three-time tag team challenge, because let's face it, at the end of the day, FTR have to lose.
2: Uh, Do I see it being to Swerve and Keith? I don't know. I can't answer that question. Like,
1: I asked my own question, but I can't answer it. Like, I legitimately can't, because only Keith and Swerve can tell us what their story is going to amount to and uh in a perfect world um they dodge FTR <laughs> they dodge FTR for a little bit longer and then just you know go like we've been planting seeds you've you've all been following these breadcrumbs that don't make any lick of sense and you know they they come out as two big heels and and you know it'd be so funny it'd be so good you know convoluted yes but at the same time uh, you gotta have a hail team versus baby face team and i don't see ftr hitting that hail uh heel turn and sin.
0: you brought up an interesting perspective in your last point about the ft ftr is big on accomplishments or accolades mm-hmm. and are, yep. the notion of we were the first two time or potentially now we're the first three time or something of that nature would speak volumes. And it makes sense about who their characters are and how things would play out. And the fact that now the only two time champs are the bucks, even though they, again, their second ring was maybe a month or so, a month change, but they didn't play up to that, which sort of cocky heels, which the young bucks would be, didn't makes an interesting point again maybe going back to my notion of maybe it wasn't originally supposed to be them so that's actually a really good point i i do like that
1: hmm. mm. it just kind of as we were talking it kind of popped into my head that you know well ftr is going big with this uh seven star thing you know six star initially then seven star and, you know whatever else so it kind of just put into my head that yes they were maybe um, chasing these accolades, as it were, uh, and it definitely does, like you said, it, it lends to their character, um, and it would have been nice to see, because I do genuinely believe that they would have made a huge deal out of it, like, we're seven star, we've got four of the belts, we've, you know, we're the first two-time AW Tag Champs, you know, I just think like, they'll be super big. Um, and because of that uh coming into my head you know it's it's legitimately up in the air whether or not keith lee and swerve strickland can uh can topple the giants
0: excellent point yeah i think that sort of reinforces my affirmations of potentially it wasn't exactly the original plan yeah but i to bookend that previous point i just see a ton of pros i really don't see cons or negatives when it comes to having Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland as the champions. is a lot, it, the positives far more outweigh any, any negatives. But when we think about the future of the tag team and sort of their reign and stuff, we spoke just now briefly a little bit upon it. We feel like the matchup is with FTR, the number one ranked team, the potentially next big match coming there, potentially winner take all again for all the championships how does that play? If I, if I were sort of on the booking team or I was in Tony Khan's ear, I actually would like to see something along the lines of sprinkle a little Kenny and Hangman in the sense of obviously like you get to a point where they're sort of not getting along. They're a tag team, they're a unit, maybe not the best of friends, but that, you know, they're a damn fine team together. But towards the end of sort of that run, they have a they have a really good match, and they lose. They don't turn on each other, but they lose and then, because of the disappointment of losing, maybe not do it exactly like we did previously, but boom, one guy turns on the other helps to helps to now pop off that singles feud, obviously maybe first couple matches with that person, and then through on to the others so i I would feel like that would maybe feel more comfortable or I would like to see that more than just be like, you know what, boom in the middle of a match or pre-tape or a backstage segment, wham, here comes the turn.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned uh Kenny and Page. Um who would you have be the Kenny to the others Hangman Page because whenever that whenever that uh, feud started after them being tag champs and you know being a really good tag team, you worked really well together, like you said, uh, but they both wanted to pursue singles gold and they wanted that AEW World Heavyweight title. What would you want to see? Who would be the Kenny and what title would they go for? Would they go for the TNT? Would they go straight for the AEW Heavyweight? And then who would you have being the hangman to catch up uh, to play that big old baby face, um, and I feel like you know I, I'm kind of presenting you with answers here, but you know I, I want to hear what you would have to say as to who would play those roles, and do you think maybe people would see that, and do you think maybe that they would be like, oh, "This is just them rehashing
2: old story beats." In the, in the example given, yeah, Kenny walked out on
0: hangman and then ended up being sort of the kind of owning up to his big time Kenny that, that thing. And basically rather quickly was put in that championship situation and position. So in this piece we have Swerve and Keith, the obvious with the seeds of sown because we have dissension from Swerve Swerve was just threw him over the top rope, have the distrust from Keith the nice for no pun intended the swerve would be to have keith turn mm. on swerve because he's just fed up with it would be sort of that nice thing because again that thing but in that scenario we would have sort of keith be kind of the physically statured larger than life character you know he's a he's a fun talker people have been giving him guff for being a a an NPC in a role-playing game. So, indubitably. Indubitably. That notwithstanding, obviously, the to take shades from sort of the pundits, if you do the airport test, if you just look at Keith Lee, huge dude, right? Has a kind of walk... Uh, speak softly, carry a big stick, but like can turn it on. Obviously, we've seen in matches. So I feel like he might have the slightly more superstar big deal feel to him in a shorter amount of time so i feel like he would go for let's build him up so we don't exactly go with the kenny and hangman piece maybe start off with the tnt um championship whenever that happens booing and then work your way to the top cuz he can definitely he's he's a guy that could be their world champ for sure but i see that i see that i would love it to be the swerve of the swerve and be swerve, turn on him and just kind of accentuate it. But then that would kind of make Keith a. A bad baby face in the sense of you got turned on and he got turned on again, and it kind of doesn't look good for a potential baby face look for Keith. So I'm going to go with Keith turning on swerve.
1: See, I would like to see Keith turning on the swerve. Like, you, you mentioned it before, uh, you know, the obvious NPC in the room. I like the cadence with which Keith Lee speaks. I like his vocabulary. I like the fact that he is not constant. He is not Eddie Kingston. He is not talking about murder. He is not talking about drinking blood. He is not talking about beating the tar out of people. You know, he he is talking about how he. Uh, will, you know, eat a thesaurus and then spew the words out at you and confuse, you know, confuse people. Um, I was gonna try and make a, you know, an equivalent comment, but legitimately, my vocabulary does not meet the level at which uh, Keith Lee currently stands, so I will go off and I will come back with something that is Keith Lee worthy, just, you know, hang on. Anyway, um, he he will be uh, a super good… Hail, because you know before swerve gets the chance to swerve him he swerves him it's like the whole i know that you know that i know kind of conversation here isn't it so like i would like to say that i'm not letting you i saw the tape i'm not stupid i watched stuff back and i saw you with that title belt
2: you were gonna hit me and i've kept it in my back pocket and now with the title belt boom knock him the heck out
1: and that would be really really good and then you know they lose the title because keith knocks swerve out swerve takes the pin keith walks away i'd be happy with that like that would be a perfect breakup in my mind because keith like i don't care about these titles because i don't care about you and then they go to a team that is uh that is better uh um uh, better to have these titles, let's say, the FTRs of the world. Um, and then, you know, we've got a, a, a team that appreciates the titles and a team who's broken up and is now like, well, I'm going to get Keith Lee back. You know, Swerve is there and he is angry and Keith Lee is just this imposing figure and he comes in and goes, Swerve thinks he's so smart, but you cannot defeat that which is limitless. Come on. Yeah.
0: So I do, I do appreciate, yeah, and I I like your little, your flavor text that you added there. It feels like Keith turning on swerve is, is the move and it feels like it makes more sense in the sort of grander scheme of things.
1: It gives him, it gives him the opportunity as well. Keith, this is to use his demeanor and his abilities to become imposing and even though he is he cuts an imposing figure just passively but intentionally if he was to cut this imposing figure uh and you know be uh an absolute monster uh in the ring which we know he can be um and then you know follow that up with a really you know slick Bad promos, like a badass in you know, badass. Um, you know, if he was to follow us up with some sick promos, I'd be all for a hail run for Keith Lee. Um, you know, it, just because I think Swerve is just gonna he's he's too well suited to be in the cocky hail. So how would he how would he react to being a cocky cocky baby fuse
0: Yeah, it's interesting to note. Yeah, we can definitely see both men could play could play either the face of the heel. So I'm kind of excited to kind of see how it plays out once their championship reign has sort of wound down and then they finish the initial part of that story with that.
1: Yeah, definitely after dissecting this with you, like it it is, there's a lot of really cool places this can go. Like, even though those some of these things weren't on my mind beforehand, like definitely dissecting them. I'm kind of excited where this is going to go. Uh, And I kind of hope what we've said happens in some form or another.
0: Agreed. As we wind down here, we have uh, a note from Uncle Dave of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, and he reports that AEW planned on having Swerve in Our Glory win the titles following Jeff Hardy's arrest. AEW's reported plan is to elevate Swerve in Our Glory as well as Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks, uh, Team Taz, who are also in that tag team title match, to the level of the Young Bucks, the Lucha Brothers, and FTR as their big five teams in the company. So I'm in agreement, and I'm very appreciative that we're elevating goes back to last week's episode about we have a large division of tag teams, but it almost seemed to be only the certain guys would be on the dynamites and the rampages and everyone else was just relegated to dark and dark elevation. So if it's, if it's five teams that we can rotate through as opposed to just banging us over the head with FTR, you know, for you know, maybe a couple months time and that's not a knock on them. But again, let me have a little bit of variety. Show me, make me a strong division so that, you know what, if it's, if it's randomly FTR private party can be like, boom, they've built them up. They can randomly just take the titles off and be like, you know what? That's awesome because they are built up strong or Lucha brothers or, you know, any other tag team. So that's fantastic that they're wanting to make more prominence to other teams.
1: Yeah, the FTR are in a real dangerous position where too much of a good thing is going to turn them into the Charlotte Flares of the tag team division. Uh, as more so, not because you know, not knocking their skill, it's more sense the overuse. Uh, you know, absence does make the heart grow fonder, and like I said, I do love these guys; they are great. Um, but sometimes, too much of a good thing is a bad thing so definitely can see and we we have seen you know private party came back this week on rampage they, they fought a, a nice wee match with the lucha bros um definitely love seeing uh phoenix and panther uh i'm an absolute banger of a match um so yeah it's definitely really good to see another tank team come back into the fold with private party uh hopefully nice and healthy and puts on uh so because they can put on a couple of Nice high-flying clinic matches. So it'll be good to see them thrown in the mix too.
0: And those are our thoughts on Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland's big win on Dynamite capturing the AEW Tag Team Championships. Did you agree with us? Did you disagree? Let us know down in the comments below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. And let us know your thoughts on them winning the Tag Team Championship. Coming up to our next topic here, this coming Saturday, we have Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor. We're going to take a look at the matchups and share our predictions about who's going to win. First up being here, we have Mercedes Martinez facing off against Serena D for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. A little bit of insight here has been Mercedes winning the championship at the previous pay-per-view in April Supercard and we ended up having now her defending it on some dark uh shows she's more recently been in a tag team again with her now opponent Serena Deeb and it's been a little bit of a kind of what you can do I can do better we're frenemies you know I'm going to keep my friends close but my enemy closer peace from Serena Deeb and they've ended up having some tag team matches and now subsequently they've kind of been on the outs and now it's looked like now it's confirmed that Serena deep will now challenge Mercedes Martinez for the championship.
2: Yeah. Um, this is,
1: it's it's an interesting one because I do like the dynamic of anything you can do. I can do better. Uh, and it does play into the whole Serena deep professor character, her being one of the best female technical wrestlers, uh, <laughs> Let's face it, she's probably one of the best technical wrestlers AEW has, period. Um, and she's in there with Mercedes Martinez, a re- relative newcomer who has you know compared to Serena Deep, rather. Um she has this, she has held this championship since Supercard of Honor, and I did watch uh as she took on. Uh, I believe it was Willow because it was, uh, vacant. It yes. was a vacant. Yes. vacant title, right?
0: So the Ring of Honor Women's Championship at the time of Supercard of Honor was held by Impact's Deanna Perrazzo. So they ended up having Mercedes Martinez face off against Willow Nightingale for the sort of vacant sort of interim yes. deal. And then they ended up having the matchup between Mercedes Martinez and Deanna Perrazzo unifying or having that sort of undisputed championship
1: yeah so i i did see the match with willow and uh and mercedes um it was an amazing match like i was very impressed by willow in that match um more so because again she had this sort of amazingly quick style that was very power based I love, like I've said to you before, like I love these these people who have a power style that can move quick, like the athletes that who just show that they are more than you know a high flyer or I can deadlift you in a German in a you know a stalling German suplex or something. Like Willa was amazing in this fight against Mercedes Martinez. You know the fact that Martinez was really really good in that match as well uh kind of lent me to the fact that i was like oh, okay yeah
2: really really cool looking forward to see what she can do legitimately dark dark elevation high team with serena deep like why it just fell off a cliff for me i this is without you know trying to seem condescending this is being terrible
1: Um. A terrible build because outside of the fact that you know, I really like the fact that anything you can do, I can do better. Because if you want to build this title up, and it's the
2: same with the AW one, the AW women's title. If you want to build this title up, make it more prominent, give these fantastic athletes a chance, put them on your show proper. And give them 15-20 minutes of your time, because I'm sure that they will put on an absolute clinic. Like if we have to,
1: then we will see. Uh, we will see a lot, an awful lot of individuals come to the fore that will put on some matches that are probably better than what the man can do. Um, you know. All hyperbole aside, all criticisms aside, this, for me, is going to go into the fact that I want Serena Deeb to win this match because I feel like she has had a couple... Now, she doesn't need to win this match, but neither does Mercedes Martinez. But Mercedes Martinez needs to inject herself into the AEW title scene. And that is why I want Serena Deeb to take this Ring of Honor title and cement herself as this cocky professor of wrestling. Because now I have this title to back it up. Whereas Mercedes, you know, goes off and she, she could be the one to beat Jade. And Jade could go off to another, you know, the other title. Or she could go off and she could be the one to beat Thunder Rosa. You know, because Serena Deep has already kind of you know, vacated the TBS scene and has lost to Thunder Rosa. So have Mercedes go in there,
2: do that, go. Job done. Serena Deeb to win.
0: We'll sort of get the elephant in the room out of the way for the moment. The first elephant would being that we haven't seen the best of booking when it comes to any of the women or the women's championship in terms of builds towards matches. Haven't been the best. AEW does a better job building towards the men's championships than they do the women. So we again, we've spoke at length in previous episodes about that for sure. The second elephant in the room is since acquiring Ring of Honor and with the pay-per-view that they had Supercard in April, we haven't seen the Ring of Honor representation and or the Ring of Honor titles a lot or it's been inconsistent. In time in terms of fitting in time for the viewer on rampage or on dynamite to your point about the ring of honor women's championship has been defended on dark so at least they're representing but it's a it's a challenge that they're trying to still keep it a tad more relevant but it's not as well represented to the audience at large so they're We're seeing this, and it's potentially, just so we can get it sort of out of the way with the build when we talk about the subsequent matches, be that as it may, it's been a challenge to see, and I do agree with your points about 10-plus-year veterans in both Mercedes and Serena. I do like your point about potentially having Mercedes get a little bit more visibility to fight for a potential TBS or women's championship in AEW. So I do like that. I can see Serena winning to be the veteran to kind of help. It's not, Ring of Honor is not going to necessarily be developmental, but it's going to have potentially a collection of veteran workers and solid hands, as well as young and up and coming and folks to kind of get reps and things of that nature. So I feel like Serena is going to be a good person who can work with uh, these young ladies and elevate and give them solid matches and help them get better. So I'm in agreeance. I am also going to see Serena Deeb take this.
1: The connotation is definitely there that this is a pseudo-developmental, but that is strictly from a fan's perspective, that that's what they're seeing and saying. Um, and from that connotation, that is hundred percent why i feel like we should give it to these veterans that uh you know serena deep can lead to this new new wave of uh of professional wrestlers and i feel like she is definitely a really good champion now.
0: and hopefully that can change when ring of honor potentially gets a streaming deal they might get a show on some kind of network or some sort of a little bit regular cadence when it comes to programming and a showcase for these Ring of Honor stars and roster. All right, so we're in agreement that Serena will take the Ring, the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship off of Mercedes Martinez. Coming up to the next matchup here, we have FTR facing off against the Briscoes. We run in it back with Damn boys in a two out of three falls matchup for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. So the stipulation of the two out of three falls came in a sit down interview in a digital where it got a little heated, but we're kind of going old school, a little two out of three falls, little NWA, little Southern wrestling style. So I do like the little bit more flavor text of the now next level in the second matchup between these two teams
1: i had never seen Demboys DeBriscos, briscoes uh in a match before um ftr had sort of you know said this is a match that i want to have uh you know you've seen you've seen their uh their sort of banter back and forth and i i know of all of the stuff that um maybe surrounds the briscoes with regards to comments made earlier in their careers and stuff and how people handle them and, and 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 that is that is all well and good whenever i watched supercard of honor i was genuinely impressed uh i am not a huge fan of tag team wrestling and i know i've already stated here i think is going to win this match but i want to just reiterate the fact that i do think that this is going to be a a really good match on the night um because the briscoes put on an absolutely amazing match with FTR in the first place uh, in a losing effort, and um, you know, I feel like they're going to come out of the gate strong, and I can go so far as to say that they're probably going to get the first of the three falls. This two out of three falls match, match thing is just absolutely an amazing idea. Like I, I whoever just thought this would be, you know, anything other than amazing, like, come on, two to three falls. The Briscoes have got to take that first fall. Because they gotta come out vicious, they gotta take FTR by surprise. And and I a hundred percent want them to take that. So it puts FTR on the back foot. Then you get this quick second and third, or you can have a, a, a quick second after the first. Uh you know. FTR just kind of go ahead and uh, roll back up and get get there, tying it up one to one, and then they go for another twenty minutes for the third fall. Like you know, there's there's so many ways they can do this, and the two out of three falls stipulation is great, especially for these two.
0: Yeah, I'm in agreement that they are gonna have a this. Is good, this could potentially be match of the night, honestly between
1: a couple of matches actually
0: on this card as it's presented now this could definitely be match of the night potential obviously both of these teams can go and if you haven't got a chance again there's a bit of controversy surrounding the briscoes themselves but in ring of honor especially their ring of honor hall of fame members uh they've had too many championships to name at here i would just the list would go on and on and notwithstanding, they are a solid team. And they showed that against FTR at Supercard of Honor. I am in agreement that this is not going to go 2-0. This is going to go to the third fall with, obviously, the team splitting it and then having a, a fight, a tooth and nail to get that third and final decisive uh, fall there. So, yeah, I am in agreeance that this is just going to be a, a really good match. So who do you see winning this one?
1: Well, I, I, did, I did spoil my own pick earlier on whenever I said, uh, whenever I was talking about the Keith Lee and sort of Strickland stuff, FTR is going to win this one. Um, and it is down to a couple of things. The, the fact that Br- the Briscoes are more impact-related these days, I believe, and the fact that they're probably not going to be running around with those Ring of Honor uh, World Title Championships as long as Tony Khan owns. Uh, ring of honor. Um that is unfortunate because I would like to see more of them against the likes of FTR. I would even like to see them against the Bucks. Um I'd like to see them against a couple of other teams too. But FTR is uh in my opinion going to win this one and uh hold the uh the two over um over the Briscoes over them boys.
0: I'm in agreement with you that the FT- FTR will take ultimately the two of the three falls and win this matchup again for sort of the same reasons that you've mentioned again with them not being signed by AEW. the briscoes i'm speaking of as uh, as well as leading to potentially storylines down the line that feel better suited to having ftr being the champions and and retaining here it's not to say that we can't potentially have another matchup maybe in in a different promotion For FDR and Briscoes, but I'm going to say FDR wins as well. All right, coming up to the third matchup here, we have champion Wheeler Yuda, the Ring of Honor Pure Champion, facing off against Daniel Garcia. So this is going to be an interesting matchup where we see two hungry sort of lions here. Wheeler Yuda, obviously, being the current reigning Ring of Honor Pure Champion and coming off a stint in the Super Juniors in New Japan obviously coming back and fighting alongside his Blackpool Combat Club teammates against the Jericho Appreciation Society as uh, in most recently in Blood and Guts as well as Daniel Garcia on the opposing side again being a member of the Jer- of the Jericho Appreciation Society having been sparring with Wheeler Yuta Daniel Garcia is the current reigning Pro Wrestling Gorilla, PWG champion. So this is just definitely going to be a banger, all things considered. Two guys, young guys that can go. And this is going to be a hell of a matchup.
1: This is the one I'm looking forward to. Legitimately, this is the one that I'm looking forward to but the second most, actually, I have to say. Uh, because whenever Yuta... Faced Josh Woods at Supercard of Honor for this pure wrestling uh, title. Uh, I had no idea what the pure wrestling title held, and the match that Woods and you to put on was so good. Like I cannot believe how much fun I had watching a match um, because they just put on a banger. Like I didn't realize that this kind of this kind of thing that was that was you know not not you know flippy dippy no huge spots it was know there was mat wrestling there was there was holes was spot. there was big spots there was big strikes there was stuff like that there it was really really good I enjoyed the match and like you said these two are now on both sides of a divide by uh you know their team captains let's say of Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho and we've seen them uh get together on numerous occasions before this and put on you know violent matches it's gonna be
2: great um i just think that these guys have uh probably got some of the best potential to steal the show on
1: any card that they are a part of if you put them in a singles match
2: especially against each other. And that's why this is probably going to be the match of the night. This has a
0: potential for the widely based folks to potentially be a sleeper that people may not think is going to be a very, very good match. Again, folks maybe aren't the best verse in terms of familiarity when it comes to Wheeler Yuta, when it comes to Daniel Garcia, they may have seen them be sort of auxiliary players, Within their factions themselves, seen them in matches and things like that. But you have an opportunity again. Wheeler Wheeler Yuta can go again, coming out of the Super Juniors and and the matchup at Supercard of Honor. Daniel Garcia again, both young guys can definitely go. So it's gonna be harken back. I think it's a fantastic piece of putting these two together. Again, they're more wrestlers wrestlers than they are sports entertainers. They may not be the best on the stick and on the promo. We've seen a lot more from Daniel Garcia say, basically, I'm coming for you, bud. I'm going to take it. So again, maybe not the best in terms of buildup slash promo in terms of building towards the match that notwithstanding. This is definitely going to be just a a really, really good technical match. Again, not a bunch of topes and flippity-dippities and and fallsberry flops and things of that nature but again it lends itself to being done well within the pure ring of honor rule set but yeah. be that as it may who do you see taking this one
2: um so it, it,
1: it is a bit of a it's a bit of a different sort of answer depending on which second i kind of uh want to give you my answer in because like i really like both of these guys um, it's very uh difficult to answer. Uh and, and just I have to apply my own criticisms of earlier stuff to this as well. Like you, you did mention there there was very little build to this other than Garcia saying, Oh yeah, I want to take that, I wanna take that off you. Um the only other reason that I see this as a really good match where I wouldn't see um uh, where I wouldn't see the Martinez and Deeb match as a really good match is because of the stuff that I said in that in that um, in that uh, sort of uh, recap. These guys have had a platform. Yuda and Garcia have had more of a platform, and so their ex- the excitement around their match is more palpable because they have been on pay per views recently. They were at. Uh, they were at, in a in a big cage, bleeding everywhere, you know. They were doing big spots and wrestling with big names. They have had these big opportunities. And that kind of offsets the fact that they have had this really lackluster build. Um, like you said, they're not the best on the mics, and that has been my big criticism of some individuals who ha- who are currently holding belts. You know, I have, I have been very critical of people who cannot hold belts or who cannot speak on the mic and hold belts. Um, case in point, it's, it's just not going to make me happy to see a, a champion who can't talk for themselves or at least have a mouthpiece. All that being said, because I'm legitimately from second to second still going on. It's Yuta, it's Garcia, it's Yuta, it's Garcia. I'm going to see Garcia take this match because even though this is one of the uh first i believe it's his first legit um defense of the title i don't know if he actually defended it anywhere else i'm just trying to find out if he did uh doesn't look like he has actually defended it at least from cursory glance that i can see um but I feel like Garcia is going to win this. And that is going to lead to a uh, rematch down the line between these two yet again. Uh, that is going to put Garcia, you know, the heel in this regard, um, in a more prime spot to, uh, to, take this, uh, to take this to the next level for these guys.
0: I'm actually going to agree with you. I'm going to see Daniel Garcia take this as well. I feel like it fits his character more. We have the Jericho Appreciation Society, whether it's with Chris or whether it's with the auxiliary players in here, namely Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. We do see them featured more than we do members of the Blackpool Combat Club, Sons for maybe Claudio as well as John Moxley more recently. So, for potentially making the championship feel a little a little bit more prominent, at least on AEW television until Ring of Honor sorts itself out with some television or some shows uh, for showcasing them, I feel like it'll give a little bit more credence to have Daniel Garcia be on screen a little bit more holding that belt. So, I'm going to agree that Garcia is going to take it.
1: There is the other little added point that it would be nice and tasty for the, uh, I'm using my finger quotes, the wrestler's belt to be on a sports entertainer, and that is one of the big reasons why I think Danny Garcia should hold it, because he gets to further say that sports entertainers are better than wrestlers, which we all know Danny Garcia is a wrestler. He's a wrestler's wrestler. He's very good. Um, and that's the only kind of selfish reason that I can be like, yes, Danny Garcia has to take this belt off of you to, um, because it would just land to the sports entertainer versus wrestlers motif.
0: Excellent added layer. And uh, I do like that piece as well, sort of making, sticking it to the baby face with that sort of extra heel layer to it. So uh, I do like that. Excellent. I'm agreeing with you. On to the next matchup here, we have champion Samoa Joe, the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, taking on Jay Lethal for the title here. This matchup has been hampered a little bit with Samoa Joe being away from Ring of Honor slash AEW, doing some voiceover work for the upcoming Twisted Metal television show, I be- which I believe is on net- coming up on Netflix or some other streaming platform. So the bulk of the build has been backstage promos cut to Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh essentially saying again that you're not here. I'm challenging you. Where are you at, Joe? You're still not here. Remember, I was your student. You are my teacher. I'm coming for you. You're still not here. I want your belt. So again, it's been hampered a little bit in terms of the buildup. But man, all that aside, not to say that both men are going to rest on their laurels, but Samoa Joe and a Lethal, both are tremendous competitors, and this is just going to be another good matchup.
2: It's going to be a super good matchup. But the build has been awful. Absolutely because, terrible. Like this, this is on another level of awful. Like, This
1: would have benefited from no build. Like, legitimately, this would have benefited from no build. And it's not because Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt and Saddam Singh have been cutting bad promos. It's because they've been cutting promos in a vacuum. Like, there has been nothing for them to do. So they continue to say the same thing. Like I'm taking your title, I'm taking your title. Saturnum Singh coming in with the "You're dead" or whatever he said. You know, you know, he said a couple of words a couple of times, and it's just one of those things that they've had to, uh, they've had to bring in Christopher Daniels on Rampage cutting a promo, uh, saying he's my friend. I'm gonna fight you
2: before the the match that you guys have next week like okay cool but that doesn't add anything to this match like
1: because we know what's going to happen with that Daniels is going to get in Satnam Singh is going to interfere Jay Lethal's going to win and that is to keep Jay nice and clean for Joe so that he's not going in, he's not going to fight a 20-minute technical masterpiece with Daniels. It, it it's, it's something to add to this awful build. And yes, it's like you said, it's because Joe's had to go off and do his voiceover work. And, you know, it, it's part of what you get to do with being a big name and having, you know, really cool opportunities. I'm not blaming Joe for anything. Like, Joe can go off and do this absolutely amazing work. And I will probably watch Twisted Metal, so... You
2: know, just knowing the fact that he's there. But this probably, like I said, could have benefited from zero build.
0: Yeah, this was the real opportunity and the challenge. Again, I stated it, you reiterated it, that with Joe being away, Jay had to sort of carry the load with kind of keeping a bit of this relevant. But I felt like, to your point, Had Jay just maybe two weeks before the matchup, which would have been maybe last week at this point, and say, you know what? You've been ducking me. Keep it nice and simple. You've been ducking me. You're afraid this, that, and a third. Boom. Death Before the Sonner's coming up. I'm taking that title away from you. Keep it nice and simple. We have history. When I needed you as my teacher, you weren't there. Again, keep the promo sort of nice and simple. Because, again, just the fact that these two, again, have history. They're really good workers. You can have little build and it would have been okay, but the build they chose ended up falling flat for me as well as you. So, with that, again, who do you see taking this? Or you may have almost slipped it, let it slip, but who do you see winning this matchup?
2: So, Jay Lethal. Jay lethal's gonna win this uh and it's
1: not to take away from Joe. it's to sort of build upon what they've been working on um with the initiation or initialization of this storyline rather uh it was Jay lethal couldn't catch a brick, couldn't win a match he was doing everything honorably, he was doing everything that he was taught to do he was you know, he was the good baby face. He was the good guy. He was always doing this. Uh, he was always presenting himself with an air of confidence and going in. But he was on a losing streak. So after his, I think it was a Super Card of Honor, was it not? But he he threw down a uh, um, hissy fit and just ended up uh, beating the hard target of his opponent there. And then after that, he started to cheat because it was the Super Card of Honor. Because Sanjay Dutt came down afterwards, was trying to stop him. And Sanjay thought helped them. Uh, and they were they were beating up whoever it was, was uh Jay Lethal's opponent at the time. I couldn't can't remember right now, but uh that was the whole start of this thing because Joe came down and was like, you know, that's you know, basically that's not what um not the way I taught you, you know, this, that, and the other, and um it's gonna come full circle where the student becomes the master, you know, we've it's a tale as old as time. Um there's going to be shenanigans. There's going to be a seven-foot Satnam Singh uh, giving you know some uh, some amount of shenanigans to Samoa Joe. Uh, Joe is going to fight through, and then he's going to um, he's going to land his back and stare at the lights.
0: I'm going to agree with you that Jay's going to take it. There probably be some some sort of shenanigans from Sanjay and from Satnam. I feel the way I see it running in my head is there'll be little spurts of interference. The referee will eventually see them, eject them, distraction, which will ultimately help Jay Lethal win. But So it won't be totally clean over Joe, but having an opportunity to have Jay hold the championship can have, again, a phenomenal veteran spend some time Representing Ring of Honor, as well as helping again to the earlier point with Serena Deeb that I made, helping along some younger folks and giving them a bit of shine and just putting them in strong matchups. So again, nothing against Joe, but I feel like Jay can uh, can win more and have more from this than Samoa Joe winning. So it it'll it'll help Jay more than it'll hurt Joe.
1: Yeah, completely agreed. I don't think that this um this loss that we are expecting uh would hurt Joe at all. Um and it can only do great things for Jay Lethal uh cuz it let's face it, it takes him away from Joe and Joe gets to go and do something else um whether or not that's within the ring or outside the ring you know whatever he ends up doing uh whatever the because we don't really know too much about what joe's doing Uh and that's the other thing you know joe has been plagued by injuries as well uh even you know his most recent one was the the the, the shoulder injury that that we were told that he had the you know the kayfabe shoulder injury uh to help him go away and do the twisted metal recording um You know, it wasn't too far to believe that it possibly was legit. Uh, So, you know, it's one of these things that um, uh, I would like to see, you know, Joe an awful lot more, but uh, I'm not going to be selfish. This man has put his body on the line in an awful lot of matches and he's going to put it on the line for another match with his student. And, um, you know, he's uh, He's just, he's a class act and, uh, class acts. are just, they've just got to lose.
0: Yeah. Again, we're both in agreement that Jay will take the television title off of Joe. Coming up to our final matchup on the card. We see the ring of honor world champion, Jonathan Gresham taking on Claudio Castagnoli, the press of, premise of this matchup essentially finished off here after Jonathan Gresham turned on his tag team partner Lee Moriarty 2 weeks ago on Rampage they ended up finally having that match in the same promo where Lee, Mori- Lee Moriarty challenged him for the Ring of Honor World Championship Tully Blanchard came in which set up a tag team match before the aforementioned where he ended up turning on Lee Moriarty post match Gresham just flatly states i'm the best technical wrestler you're gonna see more of me who comes out big swiss superman himself big tony claudio castagnoli comes out and basically does the little triple h we're gonna stare at each other no contact no words you know what i'm here for and now we've seen set up the match so how do you see this one playing out joker
1: i hate the stand at the top of the ramp stare down by the way can i just put that out there first
2: you Uh, may you may put that absolutely
1: i just hate it i just dislike it so much like whether the champion comes and holds her belt up and is my thing some words you're
2: just like no one can hear you you look like a goof why are you up there cut a promo Or get the heck out of my sight.
1: And you have, or you have the challenger come out and they're standing there and they're like, hmm, you look at, you know, you've no reason to look at me, but I'm going to stand here until the camera's on me and then I'm going to mouth some angry words. I've got nothing to hold up, but I'm going to challenge you. Legitimately, it's the most ridiculous thing. Like, if there had been the fact that, you know, we had had a jumbotron or something, uh, and Claudio had a um." Uh no you're not. Put your title on the line. You know, better promo that could be written, you know, because they have writers. I'm just literally coming up with this off the top of my head. I am big tone, former Antonio Cesaro, you know, Claudio Castagnoli, the big the big Swiss, the, the coffee man. I play League of Legends and I am mean top lane. And you know, I'm gonna take your title. So Gresham, you know, bleh, you know, whatever he wanted to say. Um, because like, Gresham got his 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 promo and you know Tully got to, to add on to that promo. And in this match, it, it's it's going away from logic. Like I, I, I try to base most of my predictions in logic as to what I think should happen and what would make the most sense and mold them to stories that don't yet exist and you know what I kind of think would be the best. I'm taking a slight detour from that. And I'm going, this is what I want to happen because I'm being very selfish with this one match. Claudio Casignoli has never won
2: top-tier title gold. Now, he has never won the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. He has never won a title in any other promotion he's been in.
1: Big title, like top title. According to you know other news, he's won tag titles, he's won mid-card titles, you know, whatever he has won. Claudio Casignoli...
2: Wins this title because he deserves it, and by that same token, we get to see more of Jonathan Gresham on AEW TV. Not
1: saying the fact that we don't already get to see enough of him, but we get to see more of him, and I am excited to see more of him. Like as part of you know any Tully Blanchard Enterprises or you know whatever, I don't care. Bring Gresham to Aew TV. Do it as soon as possible, because his presentation, we've talked about it before, I love his presentation. He comes down with the mask, the flag, you know you know he looks so good. He looks like a champion. He can wrestle anybody, and that's why this match is going to be really good. This is the match I'm excited about because I want Claudio to win this. And it's just one
2: of those things that these two competitors are so good and I have so much respect for both of them,
1: but I want Claudio to win because I have wanted him to
2: win everything since the fact that, you know, I even found out about him. Excellent points.
0: I'm going to go with the... The previous piece that we did, uh, who I want to win and who I see winning. Who I want to win, I'm in agreement. I want to see Claudio for all the reasons that you mentioned. Deserves it. Been in the business a long time. Solid hand type of thing. Can help lead this be the championship, be the champion of your promotion slash division type of thing. A lot of this lines up. You know the combination of. If it's if it ends up going that way, two world champions being in the Blackpool Combat Club. Ooh, looks good on paper for Lord Regal for recruitment. Hey, this is what I did with these guys. Another former multiple time world champions in our stable. Ryan Danielson, looking good type of thing, you know? So all things considered, I definitely want would like to my in my heart of hearts see Claudio win. Who do I see winning? Jonathan Gresham. Because he is a phenomenal athlete. This is going to be a fantastic match regardless. Big, huge, explosive, powerful guy in Claudio versus the more mat based power of Jonathan Gresham. Should be fun to just for them to just do moves on each other and just beat seven shades of, uh, of things out of one another, like you would say. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I feel like having... Gresham win will do more for Gresham than it will hurt Claudio because he's coming off a hot run. Claudio has in traditionally in the Fed and in other promotions that he can shrug off a loss and still be fine and still be seen as a, as a strong contender and a top guy. It'll mean more to Jonathan Gresham winning than Claudio and then it would hurt Claudio like i mentioned before in the previous matchup so we still get to potentially see Jonathan Gresham Harkin as well and seeing him on AEW television again until Ring of Honor gets their situation sorted out but i do see Jonathan Gresham winning
2: i don't i don't disagree gresham is you know
1: an, uh, an amazing athlete and like I said, I love his presentation, I love the fact that he is this amazing athlete. And um, the couple of weeks that we've seen him, I have just, I, I, I love him. Like, I think he's great. Like, the, the skill on display, um, the, the octopus, the, the, is it the octopus lock? Is Yeah, it, he, he does, his
0: his, uh, one of the submissions he uses, and I believe he used it on Lee Moriarty, was the octopus hold, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just so good it's just cool it it's one of those it's one of those uh holes that you know you look at it you look at some of these holes and you go that doesn't hurt like you know you can make it look like it hurts 100% but that looks so safe and, you know like most of the acting is done by the person in the receiving end that actor's hole looks like it hurts like there's no way to make it look like it does not hurt <laughs> and he just looks so good Going into that hold, uh, I don't know there's just I, I, I can't speak highly enough about Jonathan Gresham because you know I can't understand an awful lot of the stuff that he does because he is so technically skilled and I am not a technically I'm not a technically signed individual for you know Matt wrestling. I do like the power game I know what I like, I know what I can understand and I know what's good. And, you know, Claudio does offer an awful lot of the really good technical stuff that is, uh, that is there for him, but he also offers that power game. And he does offer more power than an awful lot of other individuals. And
2: for me, he can easily overpower an awful lot of individuals. Jonathan Gresham is going to have his work cut out for him. And like you said, the
1: uh, the uh, Blackpool Combat Club having two top world titles in uh, you know top of their top of their their promotion uh, world titles in the Blackpool Combat Club will you know put a feather in the cap of Lord Regal, and he will smile wider than he's ever smiled before. And obviously, if we are retains the Ring of Honor Pure Championship, we're wrong about. You know the Danny Garcia fun times. You know, sports entertainer, yada yada. Uh, taking that off him, three titles in, in the in the combat club. What's what's Danielson to do? Him versus Wardlow to take the TNT title? You say okay, cool. Sorry, I'm just I'm fantasy booking outside of this show, just just ignore me. So that is why I really want Claudio to win this also the fact that i don't want to see him be tommy dreamer uh of of you know of his career where he never wins the top title and he has to be forced to take
2: the dang thing
1: take the title this was a big step for you you know ring of honor was the basis of your career you deserve this um have your flowers please take this uh but you know, obviously I, I can't I can't dispute your points by Jonathan Grasham.
0: Even though we picked different folks to win this match, I would have I would have to say, and I'll speak for you because you're probably in agreement that either one of these guys winning would just be awesome regardless. So a hundred percent. Yeah. That being said, those are our picks for Ring of Honor, Death Before, Dishonor. Let us know what your picks are down in the comments below on YouTube, and or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram to let us know what you think as well. As we switch gears here, we're coming up to Quick Hits. Once again, for the new folks joining us, Quick Hits are little segments that happen throughout the week that we may not have an opportunity to full-fledged talk about here, but we definitely enjoyed them. We're sort of pop the boys segment that we really just wanted to share and we had got a kick out of them. I do have one for this week It ended up happening on this past week's episode of AEW Rampage in featuring The Gun Club coming out to explain the situation and their recent breakup and dissension with The Acclaimed. We have Tony Schiavone interviewing Billy Gunn, Billy Gunn basically stating that he treated them better than he did his own kids, speaking to Anthony Bowens and Max Castor. But ends it here with saying... It just comes a time when daddy ass has to drop the hammer. Interesting turn of phrase. And you hear Chris Jericho on commentary laugh and just jokingly say, Daddy ass. And 100%, I just initially legitimately laughed out loud because you know what? Sort of broke character. And Chris is just like, This guy, daddy ass. <laughs> but. we've grown to know and love the nickname but I totally got a kick out of just sort of Chris Jericho breaking character on commentary
2: I am in mourning and therefore I do not have a quick hit this week I am in mourning for the loss of the ass claimed I love this this grouping of individuals we will no longer see daddy ass getting scissored Instead, he took a super kick. It was just sad. And I, I just hope that it all ends, you know, with them getting back
1: together.
0: Sometimes, if you love something, you gotta let it go.
1: I just truly... can't, PT, I just can't, alright? And if
0: it was truly meant to be in its love, it will find its way back to you.
1: So I'm gonna be greedy again. No. Give it back to me. Stop taking the fun stuff away, okay? I might have my maximum male models, but I need my ass claimed, okay?
0: So that was a phenomenal segment for me. I know it was just something, it was just one line, but I had absolutely got a kick out of that. So Joker, unfortunately... That is all it takes to have yeah.
1: a quick hit, is just that one line. That's all you need, yeah. something small to pop you. And, you know, that is that is all it takes.
0: Sugar, like I mentioned, it doesn't have to be a huge segment. It doesn't have to be a huge match or a huge thing. Sometimes it could just be that little moment where you're just like I got to kick out of that. So, But it from what you said, you don't have a quick hit this week?
1: No, dude, I'm, in, I'm in mourning. Like I said, I'm just, just the, the light went out of, of wrestling this week, even, even if it might be temporary, but you know I uh, I do stand with uh, Max Caster and Anthony Bowens, and um, you know they are still really really good. And you know I, I suppose I'll I'll just try and get over it. I suppose.
0: Totally understandable. We'll, uh I'll I'll stay with you, and I'll I'll step outside in the rain as you hold the candle for the hopeful return of the ass claimed.
1: I appreciate that, bud.
0: So that was our our quick hits for this week. Also, if you have them, let us know for sure.
2: That's going to do it for us this week. That wraps it up for us, man. How was that uh, for you? Yeah, it was
1: good. I was legitimately uh, surprised that uh, we fantasy booked an awful lot more this week than we normally do because (laughs) I was just fantasy booking like a madman.
0: It also for, it shows that our commitment to wanting to be invested in these characters and these wrestlers and these stories that we have notions about where the story is at the moment, where we would like to see it go, where we have potentially auxiliary players coming into the play and how that can affect. So it might seem a little bit more like we went in depth with more fantasy booking this week, but Again, we're, we enjoy these guys and we definitely are invested and want to see hopefully good and better things come out of it.
1: Speculation is a really good part of storytelling as well, to see where the story is going to go and where you want your, you know, fan fiction is always a good thing uh, because, you know, it, it adds another layer to what can possibly happen. You always like to see what could possibly happen. You know, you always like to think of what the best case scenario, the worst case scenario, or, or just something in between. Uh so yeah, it, it was something that was a wee bit different with uh with the amount of um with the amount of fantasy booking, but I, I do believe like uh like you're saying that like we're just invested in an awful lot of these uh in an awful lot of these characters and um these these individuals more so than an awful lot of others. Um and they just land themselves to uh us really really wanting the best for them
0: ingredients so we appreciate it and uh, hopefully you liked some of the things that we had to present so for
1: tf joker thank you very much for spending some time with us this week
0: and for me pretty tony we thank you for your time and letting us be a part of your day and remember be good to yourself be good to each other and we'll catch you next time peace